I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to Venice to meet an unlikely ally in the fight against climate change. 18th century paintings, a unique case of art imitating science. It has inspired Paleolithic paintings. Leonardo da Vinci used it as a model of the eye. Mathematician Rene Descartes used it as a model of the mind. The other great minds who used it would include Aristotle and the Arab polymath Al-Kindi. It was used to study solar eclipses and sunspots. It came to be known as camera obscura, meaning dark room in Latin. It is a box-shaped device which lets light in through a small opening on one side. and projects a reversed and inverted image on the other but it retains color and perspective the image can be projected onto paper and can then be traced to create a highly accurate representation but what if i told you that the relatively simple idea of camera obscura is being used to map the trajectory of climate change sounds absurd right how did something which was used to study solar eclipses and sunspots be used to understand climate change it's really not strange though because art not only imitates life it often imitates science and because today it's being used to closely study paintings to reconstruct the past art historians suggested that in the 17th century dutch master johannes vermeer used the camera obscura as an aid to create his paintings Artists started using the images as a way to trace the outline of a scenery or a city, helping them accurately represent what was in front of them. They wanted to make realistic paintings. This technique was not without criticism though. Chief one being that tracing was a form of cheating. In the 18th century, two Italian landscape painters, Canaletto and Bernardo Bellotto, used the camera obscura to create detailed paintings of Venice. Specifically, Canaletto needed a quick and easy way to sketch his paintings to keep the money pouring in. Little did they know that the photographic precision of their paintings would be endlessly fascinating for Dario Camufo, a researcher at the Institute of Atmospheric Science and Climate. Now we are getting somewhere, aren't we? So Venice, which by the way also houses Canaletto's camera obscura in the Corral Museum, is known as the city of canals. It's famed for its gondola rides. But increasingly is getting notorious for flooding, stinking and sinking. Let me repeat that for you. It's increasingly getting notorious for flooding, stinking and sinking. It has become a classic symbol of climate change impacting once thriving and vibrant cities. However, how much or how fast is Venice sinking? Camufo turned to the paintings of Canaletto and Bellotto. The remarkable precision of their paintings even extends to the depiction of the level of the green-brown algae which live in the intertidal zone. The upper level on the walls of Venetian buildings 
indicates the average high tide level. Did I just say green brown algae? What a weird and gross way to measure anything. But you would be surprised to know that it is actually an official Venetian reference, Commune Marino, for the average sea level over which to establish the height of buildings, bridges, and floors. So Camufo and his team compared the algal levels at that time to current day levels. They corrected for changes attributable to the increased height of waves generated by motorboats and the increase of tidal wave after canal excavations. But why go through so much pain? Since algal is an official Venetian reference, why not simply access official records from the time? Because official sea level records of Venice only exist from 1872 onwards. And hence researchers came up with the ingenious way to find original levels. The paintings became the proxy data and they were able to trace sea level changes from 1727 to 1872. But what was this pressing need to understand the sea level changes from 1727 to 1872? Seems like a bit of an overkill, right? This was to avoid what scientists called the shifting baseline syndrome. Each generation of scientists accepts the current state as the baseline or the normal state. Hence, if the baseline keeps shifting, the changes detected are much smaller because they are only observed over a few decades and not centuries. So by studying the paintings, Camufo and his team avoided this syndrome and were able to correctly map out the true sea levels. Unfortunately for us and Venice too, he concluded that the average high tide level in Venice has risen by 60 to 80 centimeters and its most pessimistic estimates say that the city would disappear by the year 2100. Climate change is an urgent intergenerational problem and we would need to find novel ingenious ways to understand it in all its complexity. We possess the cognitive capacities to use algal levels in paintings to unravel our past but we often lack the will to act on the crisis slowly consuming us. In case you were wondering, where does Indonesia feature in this story? Well, just tune in next week to know how paintings of volcanoes in Indonesia are helping us understand our past and more importantly, our future. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram.